0: Recommendations. Press a�. A Meada, uh, recommendation press recommendation press
1: him recommendation recommendation press recommendation JI- recommendation
0: Welcome back, guys, to Wrestling Recommendations, Episode 62. I am your host Eddie Shepard, along with the sick
1: and under the weather, and full of uh, fucking dayquil, Travis Lasseter. He sounds terrible. Yeah, <laughs> so I've sounded worse, but this yeah. is this is probably the worst I've sounded on the podcast.
0: Reminds me when I got like that weird sinus infection a couple uh, a couple months ago, and it was pretty rough. I hope you don't have
1: to go through that bullshit. God, I hope not. Fuck that. sounded like you'd gargle ball, balls for six days. Yeah, it, it was nothing not wrong fun. with that.
0: Yeah, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with it, if you do. But... <laughs> Guys, this week, we are covering an Intercontinental Championship match, and it's actually the second newest match on our podcast. Uh, as we see Gunther defend the Intercontinental title against Ricochet from SmackDown, December 2022 Almost a year to the day of us recording this, when we drop this, it will pretty much
1: be one full year. It's wild. The Will of Destiny has actually done wonders for us lately on stuff like that. So it's pretty cool that um, Destiny is uh, giving us one year anniversaries and returns and all this other stuff. So keep it coming, Will. Keep it coming.
0: The Will of Destiny rules. Uh, guys, we've mentioned Gunther. Previously on the podcast, when we covered his match with Pete Dunn uh, as they battled it out for the United Kingdom Championship at TakeOver New York in 2019. So, let's talk first about the guy on the other side of the ring, Ricochet. Ricochet, or Trevor Mann, was born October 11th 1988 in Alton, Illinois. Trevor started out in Chaos Pro Wrestling in 2003 under the ring name Ricochet, which has stuck. In 2006, he started competing more on the indie scene, typically working with Chuck Taylor, who also had a hand in his training. Around 2010, Ricochet would begin working high-profile shows like Dragon Gate USA, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, and would wrestle on the very first Evolve show. Fuck you, Gabe Sapolsky. Fuck you, Gabe. Bitch. I say what I said, Gabe. During this time, he would face off against a who's who of wrestlers. Uh, including Johnny Gargano, Claudio Castagnoli, Adam Cole, El Generico, Kevin Steen, and so on. Independent scene was very, very rich at that time. In January 2013, Ricochet would form a team with Rich Swan, known as the Inner City Machine Guns. They were never successful in winning the Pro Wrestling Guerrilla Tag Titles, but they had many prof- high-profile matches with teams like the Young Bucks. This era of wrestling, Travis, I think it gets slept on.
1: Yeah, man, there's a lot going on on the independent scene around this time. And a lot of the guys you see now on TV are the guys from that era, uh, you know, uh, Ricochet or uh, Sammy Callahan. Uh, Seth Rollins was a little bit before that. But like that whole era of those guys are now the main event mid-card stars for WWE, AEW, um, uh, TNA, uh, Impact, whatever the hell you want to call it. But uh, it's a rich era. I mean, because even look back now, like Will Ospreay, people like that are now the top names of the business. Yep. Uh, I think a lot of people
0: um, truly do sleep on pro wrestling Gorilla. I think that they were very innovative in becoming one of the most successful independent wrestling organizations in the country, running out of one building in one area. They never had to travel uh, and they always had that buzz. And uh, I personally think if pro wrestling gorilla had never happened, AEW would not have become a thing.
1: I totally agree with that. Um, I just feel like a lot of the guys from AEW came from that pool of guys. So um, you got to look at the Bucks, Kevin Steen, uh, Adam Cole, uh, just right on down the line. I mean, pro wrestling gorilla was hot. I mean, Daniel Bryan was there. Uh, Joey Ryan was there. you can't. He was super popular at one time, you know, whatever happened with him happened, but just, it was a, it, and the Battle of Los Angeles got to be a huge thing too. I remember I downloaded all the Battle of Los Angeles just so I could watch them because it was like the best of the indies were coming to wrestle on for that three-night tournament. And it's a, the winners are like a who's who of wrestling now.
0: Yeah, the, the Battle of Los Angeles tournaments are fucking amazing. And like you said, it was just like, it was a super indie show. So a lot of people gravitated towards it. I know when we started NGW, our goal was to become the East, the, or the Tennessee version of pro wrestling gorilla. And I kind of felt like we accomplished that, but um, I think it's, you know, they don't get spoken of highly enough. Um, I know they were talking about it this year, the guy who runs uh, pro wrestling gorilla that his wife currently has cancer. So um, pro Wrestling gorilla is kind of on hiatus uh, and it's kind of a weird, uh, a weird moment because, you know, they were very influential in a lot of these guys getting their starts and not necessarily starts, but more, recognition, more spotlight guys like your El Generico's, your Kevin Owen or Kevin Steens, uh, Adam Coles, your young bucks. Um, I think if it wasn't for the young bucks success in Paris and gorilla, they would not have been a, as big of a tag team as they are.
1: No. Cause essentially they had already flamed out from, uh, impact at the time. Like they had already done that run. WWE didn't pick them up. Um, so they were kind of that was kind of their home base that's kind of where they were wrestle at and also shout out to pwg they always had inventive names for their super shows or shows so um i was always a fan of that i should have some pwg uh dvds in the garage but it was it was a wild time i mean and god bless uh it was it super dragon his mask made it all over the country <laughs> so i even know a few people that donned that mask but uh I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> we won't reveal their identities, <laughs> but it's just, it's a wild time, man. Like the PWG is not talked about enough and there are probably not enough PWG matches on our list because we just haven't delved into it. Yeah. That's something we need to definitely look into.
0: I was looking at that as where I was looking through ricochet matches on our list. There's only a handful. Um, there's some definitely some pro wrestling gorilla matches that deserve to be on our list. <laughs> In May 2013, New Japan Pro Wrestling announced Ricochet as a participant in the 2013 Best of the Super Juniors Tournament. He would make his debut for the promotion on May 22nd, teaming with Kenny Omega. This is before he became uh, the, cleaner. Uh, the, the cleaner, the best bout machine. This was before Kenny Omega it was, you know, became Kenny Omega. Ricochet returned to take part in the 2014 Best of Juniors uh, on May 30th 2014 this time advancing to the finals defeating Kushida to win the 2014 best of the super juniors and would become the number one contender to the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship at Dominion in June Ricochet unsuccessfully challenged Kota Ibushi for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship those three names man Ricochet
1: Kashida Kota Ibushi kind of a who's who man when it comes to like heavyweights I about to say I don't know if that man Matches on our list, but it probably fucking should be.
0: Yeah, we'll have to. I'll have to look deeper into it. Um, like I said, some of these matches, especially some of these super junior matches, um, definitely probably need to be on the on the list. So, uh, look out for those. In September 2014, it was reported that Man had signed with the L Ray Network's new television series, Lucha Underground. He would become a masked character by the ring name of Prince Puma. Travis, I don't think we've ever talked about Lucha Underground on the podcast.
1: I don't think it ever really came up, but it was, it was a, it was a spot in time. Like, I mean, it kind of came and went, but that, I remember the buzz around it when it first came out was, was pretty cool. It was something different. Like it was a, it was a show set by seasons. It had a storyline once that storyline ended, the season ended and you went into the next thing and they usually had a big reveal at the end of the season. Like one season was Ray Mysterio. One season I believe was Johnny uh, Mundo. Um, and it just kind of kept building that way. I had the seasons of that, and I wish I'd held on to it because it's kind of hard to find now. Well, it was on Netflix for a while, but now it's not on there anymore.
0: Yeah. Um, I remember, um, when we first started bringing in Matt Cross, who wrestled as Son of Havoc in Lucha Underground, that was kind of his claim to fame at the time because, uh, Lucha Underground was kind of all over the place. There, it's kind of a who's who who was signed there. I don't have the list in front of me. But there mm-hmm. was a lot of guys. Save uh, it uh pentagon um swerve strickland was kill shot uh
1: jeff cobb chelsea green was in there chelsea green she, she was she was repulsa or something i can't remember what her name was it was some spider base like and then they had uh maxine was there she was like one of the hit like big figurehead people that was in nxt it kind of revitalized her career Ray Mysterio, John john morrison AR Fox. Um, Chava, I believe Chavo Guerrero was there mm-hmm. for a little bit. Um, uh, Judas Macias, I, I can't remember what his name was there, but oh, was it Mur- El Mertes or El Murto or something like that? Mil Mortez, I yeah, think that, was his that, name. Was, that was yeah, he was like the big villain. Um, but yeah, man, it was interesting. Like they had that, uh, was it Gift of the Gods championship that looked badass, which kind of, I felt like maybe AEW ripped off with their one of their first titles they put out had those little medallions on the side but yeah it was it was it was crazy cuz it was just it was something different for pro wrestling that hadn't really been brought to the masses and people latched onto it but then as quick as it was here it was gone
0: it's wild to think about all those guys that we named and Prince Puma which was Ricochet was kind of the focal point for that first season and he became you know kind of talking about it Puma wrestled in the main event of the debut episode of Lucha Underground on October 29th, 2014, losing to Johnny Mundo. On the January 7th, 2015 episode, Puma defeated 19 other wrestlers to win the Aztec Warfare Battle Royal and became the very first ever Lucha Underground champion. So they're kind of putting everything, you know, the Rocket with him. I know they're putting Conan with him as well, your favorite. Fuck Conan. (laughs) But yeah, it was a really cool, it was a really cool deal that they had going on there because like I said, we had Matt, Matt cross and, and Helico and, uh, Ivelisse Brian
1: cage, Brian cage was there. there. I even think Wade Barrett shows up at like one of the last seasons. He's like going to be a Jack Jack Swagger. Yep. Jack Swagger's there. It's, it's wild. Just the people that went through there and it, it, it's a forgotten thing already, but it was kind of groundbreaking at the time
0: we actually have some Lucha underground matches on the list. So when we hit one, we'll definitely dive on deep to who was all there. So I think I'm really excited about potentially hitting that. There's a match between AR Fox and sort of Strickland that's on the list. That match is fucking bonkers. And I would love to cover it. Yep. Definitely be good. On October 19th, 2015 at Ultima Lucha, Lucha underground season one finale, Puma lost the Lucha Underground Championship to Mil Mortes, as we were just talking about. After failing to regain the title, he formed a team with El Dragon Azteca Jr. and Rey Mysterio Jr. and entered a tournament for the Trios Championship. After defeating Taya Valkyrie, Brian Cage, and Johnny Mundo in a qualifying match, they captured the titles, last eliminating Rey Phoenix, PJ Black, and Jack Evans in the finals.
1: Fuck Jack Evans.
2: Yeah...
0: I'm indifferent. Ricochet returned to New Japan Pro Wrestling in October when he and Matt Seidel entered the 2015 Super Junior Tag Tournament. New Japan Pro Wrestling had a, did really good about focusing on the junior heavyweights. They never made them feel less than. They always kind of built them up. And I kind of like that with all these different tournaments.
1: Yeah, they had a tournament for everything. Like their big ones, the G1, but then you have the best of super juniors. You have the Super Junior Tag League, then you have the other tag league, and then it's it's a company very much built on tournaments, which I feel like AEW is, tries to rip off to a certain extent with all the different tournaments and stuff they do. Continental Classic, Owen Hart Tournament, uh, just a tournament for a tournament's sake to crown. Eliminator. Uh, Eliminator. Okay. <laughs> just to crown the golden toilet seat champion or whatever the fuck they want to call it that week. Fuck you, Eric. Um, but <laughs> I, I feel like. I feel like it's it's very much they do build those guys up because they're building them up to be a the next big star. Because if you look at it like Fr- Fergal Devitt or Prince Devitt, Finn Balor, he was one of those guys. Um, I think Kenny. Well, I don't think. Oh, maybe Kenny Omega wasn't there. I know Kota Abushi was in there, and he got built up to mm-hmm. be a heavyweight. But it's a big deal when someone steps out of the junior heavyweight division into the heavyweight division. So, and it's like it's like they get their flowers to go to the heavyweight division through. Uh, the junior heavyweight division.
0: Yeah. Great shit. I really do enjoy it. When these guys enter the tournament, they would actually go on to defeat the time splitters, which was Alex Shelley and Kushida uh, in the very first round. On November 1st, Ricochet and Matt Seidel defeated the Young Bucks to advance to the finals of the tournament. On November 7th, Power Struggle, Ricochet and Matt Seidel defeated Rapongi Vice, which we'd never talked about, Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero to win the uh, 2015 Super Junior Tag Tournament. Not bad. No. Guys, a lot of great oh, tag man. teams around that time
1: period. Time splitters are slept on too. That was a, that was a good tag team. They did that, that one appearance in NXT. Uh, when in the Kushida dusty classic. Them, yeah. Cause she'd brought him in. I really thought they were going to go on a run there and they didn't kind of broke my heart. I, know.
0: I fucking love Alex Shelley. He's wrestled for NGW as well. In February, 2016 at the new beginning, Ricochet and Seidel defeated the young bucks and red dragon, Which is Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly in a three way match to become the new IWGP junior heavyweight tag champions. They lost the titles to Rapongi Vice at Invasion Attack 2016, then regained the titles at Wrestling Duntaku 2016. Don't butcher me, guys. I'm doing the best I can. (laughs) You don't like it? I think it's pretty
1: close. You're pretty close.
0: Boom. (laughs) Later in that month, Ricochet entered the 2016 best of the super juniors tournament on May 27th. Ricochet faced Will Ospreay in the tournament match, which received widespread attention in the professional wrestling world. This match got over like crazy. They pretty much took this match everywhere they could go with it. Uh, While some people like William Regal praised the two, others criticized the match with the most notable criticism Coming from Big Van Vader, who compared the match to a gymnastics routine.
1: Yeah, and he got a fucking payday out of Wrestle Will Ospreay out of it too. He, but yeah, Ospreay jobbed out to Vader, baby. There is there is I believe one of their matches is on our list. I just can't remember which one. It might be that one, whichever one. I know I think I I may have put it on there, but it's um it's something to behold because it kind of shook up the wrestling world and kind of what was expected of a match, and it kind of becomes the blueprint for what a lot of indie matches become and some matches in AEW have even become. Even some NXT matches, it becomes very spotty and moving to the next sequence kind of things, but it was it was something to behold at the time. I know Dave Meltzer blew his load over it.
0: Oh, fucking Dave. Oh, God, let me throw some stars at it. <laughs> <laughs> in June 2016 at Dominion, Ricochet and Matt Seidel lost the IWGP junior heavyweight tag titles to the Young Bucks in a four-way elimination match, also involving Red Dragon and Rapongi Vice. Ricochet had originally signed a contract around this time with Lucha Underground, which gave him an out following the conclusion of the program's third season. With WWE reportedly looking to sign him, Lucha Underground offered man a new contract. That would have, ha- would have allowed him to continue working New Japan Pro Wrestling and the Indies and would have made him, quote unquote, one of the highest paid non-WWE talents in the business. Ricochet decided to opt out of the contract. Probably the best move.
1: Yep. Betting on himself and Lucha Underground doesn't last much longer.
0: Yeah, he, he was stated stating basically that he was held prisoner. There was a lot of guys that were held by these contracts that signed them way too early because they wanted that exposure, and they were kind of stuck, and they couldn't sign other places. And uh, I think it kind of worked out in his favor for kind of opting out of the contract. On June 26, 2016, at the third season concluding Ultimo Lucha Tres, Prince Puma challenged Johnny Mundo for the Lucha Underground Championship in a match where he put his Lucha Underground career on the line. Though Puma won the match and the title, he was immediately challenged by Gift of the Gods champion Pentagon with Dario Cueto Qua- yeah. stating that the loser of the match would be forced to retire. Pentagon would win the match in the Lucha Underground Championship with help from Vampiro ending Prince Puma's Lucha Underground career. Fuck
1: Vampiro. Like Vampiro too.
0: Yeah, CTE, buddy. He's uh, he's kind of going through it. No, nope. uh, though Ricochet's Lucha Underground it- contract had expired. He could not appear on television for another promotion until season three had been aired in its entirety. The final episode of the third season aired October eighteenth, twenty seventeen. Sixteen months
1: after it had originally been taped. <laughs> That's fucking bonkers, dude. Holy uh, shit. A year and a it was a year and a third. You have to wait before you can even go somewhere else. So you can't do anything. That's bullshit.
0: Dude, it's fucking wild. On September 3rd, this is shortly before that, uh, in 2017, Ricochet defeated Jeff Cobb and Keith Lee in the finals to win the 2017 Battle of Los Angeles. We were just talking about it. Becoming the first two-time winner of the tournament. On October 21st, Ricochet defeated Chuck Taylor to win the PWG World Championship for the very first time. At Mystery Vortex 5, Ricochet lost the PWG world championship back to Chuck Taylor in a guerrilla warfare match. Uh, you know, people, Hey, I like Chuck Taylor. I have always liked Chuck Taylor.
1: I was about to say, uh, Chuck Taylor had a lot of, uh, what was I trying to th- say here? Chuck Taylor was looked upon highly by the PWG and its audience. I mean, he was PWG champion, so he can't be too bad. I mean, I know a lot of people will shit on him because he's not the most muscular or the best looking dude, but, I mean, look at Tracy Smothers. He wasn't the most best-looking dude or, you know, most muscular, and he had a hell of a career.
0: Well, it takes me back because you would see footage and matches of Chuck Taylor on uh, YouTube, and he was fucking hilarious. He was making kids cry. He was fucking awesome, and I loved him. He had the awful waffle finisher, uh, which is the – I believe it's called – is it the Omega Driver is the actual name of the move?
1: it's like the SmackDown versus Raw name for it. WWE 2K. He called it the Awful
0: Waffle, which is from,
1: uh, I believe it's from Salute Your Shorts.
0: Awful Waffle. So, amazing shit. I like Chuck Taylor, so uh, I digress. On January 16, 2018, WWE announced on their website that Ricochet had signed a contract and would be joining NXT. Ricochet made his TV debut at NXT TakeOver New Orleans, competing in a six-man ladder match for the very first North American Championship! What a match! Probably one of the best ladder matches yep, that in a was long a hell, time.
1: It's a hell of a match too, because it's a lot of fresh faces for NXT, and it's a title they desperately had been needing for probably two years. I mean, right? If Tyler, if this that belt had been around when Tyler Breeze was there, Tyler Breeze would have been the first North American champion, no doubt about it in my mind. Oh, easy. We talked about champion. that.
0: Who's also who's also NGW champion right now?
1: Hell yeah, he is breeze
0: baby ricochet would then start a feud with velveteen dream and he would go on to defeat him at takeover chicago 2 in june that that's the infamous where he jumped over the top rope and did a front flip and landed on his feet right in front of uh, velveteen dream this time period of nxt fantastic
1: And, and say what you want to about velveteen dream and uh he's he's not uh you know PC now brother but that feud was fucking awesome to me i i loved velveteen dreams character in nxt i thought thought he was a great entertainer and he could work and then you had matches like this with ricochet where he played that almost gold dust-esque character against uh, ricochet and it just worked really well and i and velveteen dream man he had a fucking get up for every takeover like he was hollywood velveteen dream that one time he was prince one time like it's he dressed up as as
0: prince puma on this show he had prince puma tights on during this match
1: yeah it it was just good little shit that he did man i enjoyed it he was he was he
0: was fun entertaining it's just kind of sad the way uh you know those allegations about uh, with him came out and um, this is kind of where we're at uh ricochet then moved on to a feud with north american champion adam cole in the undisputed era At NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4 in August, Ricochet defeated Cole to win the title, his first championship in the WWE. On January 26, 2019 at NXT TakeOver Phoenix, Ricochet lost the title to Johnny Gargano ending his reign at 161 days. In March, Ricochet formed a tag team with Aleister Black, and the two competed in the 2019 Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, which they would go on to win after defeating the Forgotten Sons in the finals. At NXT TakeOver New York, Ricochet and Black unsuccessfully faced the War Raiders for the NXT championships in what would be known as Ricochet and Alistair Black's final match in NXT. When they brought them up, they brought those two guys up and they brought DIY up. And Ciampa's neck got fucked. And that's the reason why Gargano had to go back to NXT. Yep,
1: yeah, but which led to some really good shit between Ciampa and Gargano later, but it's still... Yeah, I. When they first get called up, it's kind of weird because they're they're having a they have NXT takeover. They get to have a takeover match, and then they have a Mania match like the same weekend. Like it's just it's wild.
0: Yeah, uh, this is the same show what we were just talking about where he had, they had their final match that Gunther won the United Kingdom Championship from Pete Dunne, so it all kind of ties in together. On the February 18th, 2019 episode of Raw, Ricochet made his main roster debut, teaming with Intercontinental Champion Finn Balor. So we're going back just a little bit. uh, To defeat Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush, Ricochet also continued his team with Aleister Black, and the duo competed in a Raw Tag Team Championship match at Fastlane. Ricochet and Black also competed for the SmackDown Tag Titles in a fatal four-way match at WrestleMania 35, but were again unsuccessful. The NXT tag title match they have with the war Raiders was the night before this WrestleMania match.
1: Yeah, it was wild. They, they had two big moments in one weekend. It was, it's pretty cool for them. Yeah,
0: they get a standing ovation at NXT takeover when it's their swan song and they both bow and uh, they move on to the main roster. Ricochet and black would be separated due to the roster shakeup, leaving Ricochet on raw on the June 17th episode of raw, Ricochet won a fatal five-way elimination match to become the number one contender for the U.S. title. At Stomping Grounds 2019, Ricochet defeated Samoa Joe to win the U.S. championship. However, he would lose it 21 days later later at Extreme Rules to AJ Styles. Those guys had some pretty damn good matches as well.
1: Yeah, Stomping Grounds was a terrible pay-per-view name, by the way. Not as bad as Great Balls of Fire, but Stomping Grounds fucking sucked. Oh, my God. Remember when, like... Sasha Banks is in the way and it looks like it says eat balls. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's a meme out there. Look it up, people.
0: Oh, man, it's bad. On the February 3rd, 2020 episode of Raw, Ricochet defeated Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins in a triple threat match to earn a WWE championship opportunity against Brock Lesnar at Super Showdown. Ricochet, however, was quickly defeated by Brock Lesnar in under two minutes. This well, is... Go ahead.
1: I, I mean, it sucks that he got beat that bad, but at least they had the confidence enough to put him in there with Lesnar. I mean, that's at least some stamp of approval somehow. Um, wish he could have done more, but yeah. It, Lesnar just didn't face anybody around this time.
0: No, and
1: you got to think, too, this is
0: right before the shit hits the fan. We're like a month away bef- before the pandemic happens.
1: Yep. God, it seems so long ago. Dude, it really does.
0: Uh, Ricochet would go on to have a brief feud with Cedric Alexander in the Hurt Business around the COVID time. The uh, whole story was uh, they were trying to get Ricochet and Cedric to join the Hurt Business. Cedric joins, turns on Ricochet, and then he pretty much feuds with the Hurt Business throughout 2020. As part of the 2021 draft, Ricochet would be drafted to the SmackDown brand. On the March 4th, 2022 episode of SmackDown, Ricochet defeated Sami Zayn with help from Johnny Knoxville at Johnny Knoxville, to win the Intercontinental Championship for the first time, making him the first wrestler to hold all three major secondary titles, North American, U.S., and Intercontinental. Yep. Feather in his cap. That's,
1: that's a little feather there.
0: Yeah. On the June 10th episode of SmackDown, Ricochet lost the Intercontinental Championship to Gunther, ending his reign at 98 Days. We'll We'll touch back on that here in just a second. On the August 30th episode of NXT, Ricochet returned to the brand confronting Carmelo Hayes. Huge fan of Carmelo Hayes. If you've listened to the podcast, we've talked about him on the past. Um, a match between the two for the North American Championship would be made official for Worlds Collide, where Ricochet was defeated by Hayes. That match is on our list. Match fucking rules. Good match.
1: Both those guys
0: are awesome. And as this episode drops for you guys, Carmelo Hayes makes his SmackDown debut, taking on Grayson Waller in a U.S. title tournament match.
1: Should be a good match.
0: I agree. He is him. I love him. Uh, Shawn Michaels is really big on that guy, so stamp of approval, man. On the December 2nd episode of SmackDown, Ricochet won the SmackDown World Cup, defeating Santos Escobar in the finals and becoming the new number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. Two weeks later, on December 16th, Ricochet would face off against Gunther in a rematch for the title which leads, Travis, to the other man that we've talked about in the past, Gunther. Hell yeah. However, we talked about Gunther winning the UK Championship and forming of Imperium on our previous episode of Pete Dunn versus Walter. Walter, as he was still called, would defend his championship against Travis Banks, Pete Dunn, and Tyler Bate with Bates' match taking place at UK Cardiff Takeover. That match is on our list. Love me some Tyler Bate. Big strong boy,
1: yeah, and we've said it time and time again. UK uh, NXT UK has slept on. It's definitely something I need to go back and rewatch because I did not watch it in its entirety as we went. Th- it was all on TV because it came on like three in the afternoon, and I always forget to rewatch it.
0: That's something we need to do. We need to we need to go back and start watching from the beginning for the NXT UK. I think that would be a fun trek. No, I need to do Agreed. that. In the buildup for the NXT UK and NXT co-branded event Worlds Collide, Imperium began feuding with the Undisputed Era, which was further intensified during the closing moments of NXT TakeOver Blackpool 2 in January 2020, when the group attacked Imperium following Walter's successful title defense against Joe Coffey. The feud would end after Worlds Collide, and we'd see Bobby Fish legit knock out Alexander Wolfe with a kick to the face. It is vicious. I remember watching it live, and he kicked him, and his body went fucking limp. A man looked like he died in the middle of the fucking ring.
1: That's what real judo training will do for you.
0: <laughs> oh, man. And I, I want to say we talked about it in the past episode as well, but Imperium, of course, is Alexander Wolf, uh, Giovanni Vinci, Ludwig Kaiser, and Gunther. Um, However, Alexander Wolfe would not make it past 2020. He would get um, cut by the WWE.
1: Yeah, during those COVID releases. And uh, I don't, people talk bad about that. And I understand it and everything too. But it's just like, you release them at a terrible time. (laughs) And when COVID was happening. And then, you know, I understand business is business. But that was kind of shitty. But man didn't have a heart.
0: No. It's wild to think about too because all this is start all this pretty much happened right before the pandemic. Like, there was so much shit going on before the pandemic. Like, we got all these big shows. Drew McIntyre wins the Rumble, and then you're building up the Taker versus AJ Styles at WrestleMania. So, you're going to get Drew and Brock at WrestleMania. You have all this cool shit happening with NXT, UK, and NXT. And, you know, just a few short months later, it's all fucking all over the place.
1: Mania is in a freaking performance center with no in one. In nobody
0: it never will happen again, dude. And it's going to be, it's something we lived through and it's fucking wild to think about. It's almost been four years. I'm yeah. sorry.
1: Five years. No,
0: Four, four years. Sorry.
1: My, I'm, I'm still confused what year we're in. Well, and you don't realize how much a crowd gives to a wrestling show until there's no crowd at all. And it's some of that pandemic stuff is hard to watch. I know they were trying their best and stuff, but the, It's just like wrestling wasn't wrestling because you didn't have the crowd. You didn't have the energy. And I'm thankful wrestling is in this place is now with packed out arenas and stuff and just everybody having a good time.
0: Yeah. We we take a lot of that for granted. Um, However, though, during the pandemic, which we kind of, there's not a whole lot to kind of, there's some really great wrestling. I mean, it it just, it was a different thing. Um, But to me, one of the best pandemic-era matches took place in October 2020 when Walter retained the championship, the UK championship, in a match against Ila Dragunov in another highly acclaimed match, one of my favorite matches of all time, and it is on this list.
1: Oh, yeah. that that their series of matches. I know Brandon a. Lene a. from Canada a. loves loves those matches. Uh, he gets a boner over them, but it's well-deserved. They're great fucking matches. I still prefer
0: this match over their rematch. I love this match. It is the only thing that would make this match even better is if there would have been a live crowd there. But at the same time, watching them wrestle in almost the silence of no crowd at all is fucking awesome.
1: Oh, yeah. It, that's one of the times it adds to it because you can hear every slap a little bit more. Every every grunt, every like stomp, everything is just... It's a great match. They, it, that's probably the best pandemic-era match.
0: It, it is legitimately one of my favorite matches of all time. It's probably a top-10 match of mine. I fucking love it.
1: I'm a very big fan of Walter
0: Gunther. You guys will find that out. I uh, just love everything about the guy. He's menacing. He he just screams fucking star. And um, even now, he. I mean, we'll talk about his body transformation as we kind of go through the podcast here. Um, it, it's just incredible.
1: He's a... On he's a-, a- throwback to old school heel like he will never be a baby face. I would never no. like him as a babyface, and he doesn't need to be. Like that's the thing about him like he's a throwback. Like he's one of those guys like like a Rick Rude far as the heel type he never had had to be a baby face. Two different characters but you get what I'm saying like they're they're meant to be heels. There's not a oh, baby yeah. face bone in their body.
0: Oh yeah. I agree with that 100%. On February 19, 2021, Walter became the longest reigning NXT UK champion, breaking Pete Dunne's record of 685 days. In March, Walter would return to the NXT brand and decimated Tommaso Ciampa, which led to a match at Stand and Deliver, Walter retaining his title against Ciampa. At NXT TakeOver 36, Walter would finally lose the title to Ilya Dragnov in a rematch ending his historic reign at 870 days. Great match, still not to me, not as good as their first
1: one. Yeah, and I almost want to say, did we watch that match with Brandon? I think we did. I think we did. did. I think we all got together yeah. and watched it because we yeah. all wanted to watch it. Yeah, like I, we watched that match, and uh, I just remember Brandon being so excited because he doesn't get excited about m- much new wrestling stuff, and he was totally into that match, and it was it was cool to see.
0: Yeah, great fucking match. Uh, After having his final match on NXT UK in January 2022, where he defeated Nathan Frazier, which we've talked about on the podcast, Walter was transferred to the NXT brand. On the January 18th episode of NXT, Walter defeated Roderick Strong in the main event. Afterwards, he would announce that his new ring name
1: would be Gunther, and everyone was like, huh? (laughs) Keith Lee made the infamous tweet, and now it comes back to bite him in the ass.
0: It is, it is astounding. I remember I hated it, but now, dude, fucking love it. I love it more than Walter. I love Gunther. Gunther,
1: it's, there's just something hillish about it, and it sounds better being announced than Walter does. But yeah, I remember in the beginning, I was like, what the fuck is that? Well, and then now, now I'm like, you, I like it.
0: The cool thing about it is, he said where he got the name from. That's his grandfather's name, is Gun- Gunther. That's where he got it from. So at least it has some meaning to him. So that's True. cool. True in April of 2022, he faced NXT champion Braun Breaker in a losing effort, which turned out to be his final appearance for the brand. I want to say that was the last pinfall that he has suffered since. Yeah.
1: And I get it, they were trying to put over Breaker hard, but I know at the time people were like, Oh, great, shitting all over Walter, like losing to this new guy. Now, look, now look at what he's doing on the April 5th, 2022
0: episode of SmackDown. Gunther and Marcel Barthel now known as Ludwig Kaiser, made their main roster debut. On the May 27th episode of SmackDown, Gunther and Kaiser made their debut as a tag team, defeating Drew Gulak and Intercontinental Champion Ricochet. On the June 10th episode of SmackDown, as we talked about earlier, Gunther defeated Ricochet to win the Intercontinental Championship, making him the first Austrian to win the title.
1: Yep. A little bit of history there.
0: History, baby. He would go on to defend the championship against Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, Rey Mysterio, and Sheamus in their epic match from Clash at the Castle, which is on our list. Great fucking match. As soon as that match was signed, I knew it was going to be fucking great.
1: I knew it. Just meat slapping meat, man. Meaty men slapping meaty meat, baby. That's it. it was. It's fucking great.
0: This would lead to Ricochet winning the uh, SmackDown World Cup and earning an opportunity at the Intercontinental Championship. So, Travis, the show. This episode of SmackDown took place December sixteenth, 2022, at the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois.
1: One of the best
0: arenas in the world. It's a very infamous arena now. this CM Punk all over this place. It's it's CM Punk's arena, essentially. It's
1: WrestleMania 13, baby.
0: It is. You are right. The Ro- was, it, was it the Rosemont Horizon? Was what it was yep. called then?
1: Yep. yep. Austin loves that place because the it's all wood. The acu- the acoustics.
0: Oh fuck that building! WrestleMania 13 rules. I'm just kidding. Just that match does. Just that match. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, so you get damage control, which is Dakota Kai and EO Sky defeating Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox to retain the women's tag championships. Gunther and Ricochet for the Intercontinental Championship, and then hit Row. Defeated the Viking Raiders and Legado del Fantasma in a triple threat match to earn a tag team championship match.
1: The less said about top dollar the better.
0: Go yeah, going back and watching a lot of this too, a lot of this was um building up with the, the storyline with Sammy and the bloodline. Um mm. they're also building up to uh Kevin Owens and John Cena teaming up against Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. Mm. I believe it's the like the following week. It's the, it's, it's, it's it's the, the New
1: Year's. Point. It's the New Year's episode. It's like yeah. the New Year's spectacular. I, I let SmackDown keep playing while I was doing work today, and it kind of got to that point.
0: Yeah, so that's where we're at right now with the whole storyline with the the bloodline. So this match is only a year old. This show is a, is a year old from t- pretty much now. So it's kind of wild that we're covering it. Travis, uh, before we dive on deep and watch this match, we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with you.
2: Next Generation Wrestling is an independent wrestling organization that runs professional wrestling shows in East Tennessee. We have been running shows since 2014 and have featured talented independent wrestlers from all over the world, with our shows being featured primarily on High Spots TV. Follow us on all social media platforms at NextGenTN to find out about upcoming shows hello wrestling recommendations listeners my name is brian one half of the wrestling purists podcast alongside my tag team partner and best friend jeff we are the wrestling purists two guys who share a love for the sport of professional wrestling and have been podcasting since 2020. our flagship series the retro review is where we take a show from the past bring it to the present and cover it through the lens of a wrestling purist We also have Pure Talk, an interview series where we welcome talent to the pod to talk all things professional wrestling. We can't talk about our pod and not mention The Shoot, a series where we get together with our good friends, Eddie and Travis, from right here at Wrestling Recommendations and shoot on whatever needs to be shot on. You can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are available. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and all social media outlets at WP Pod one All direct links and more are available at our website, linktree.com slash Pod one Come give us a listen as we give a pure take on professional wrestling. And we're back,
0: guys. Guys, if you do want to watch along with us, you can pull up your Peacock app. Search SmackDown Season 24, Episode 50. We're going to start at the 36-minute and 6-second mark. We just saw uh, Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser get booted out by Adam Pearce, and we got our ring introductions, and the bell is just about to ring. So, Travis, are you ready to watch this match?
1: Let's fucking do it.
0: Let's do it to it. All righty, guys. We're going to say three, two, one. Play, and here we go.
1: Taking the tights on Ricochet there, purple.
0: Dude, the first thing we got to talk about here is the fucking body transformation from the last time Gunther was on the podcast.
1: Oh, yeah. Dude has lost a ton of weight, leaned down, just makes it look even more like a damn heel. Yeah, I, man, he he just looks fantastic.
0: He looks like a he looks like a fucking man, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, he just—I mean—he looks like a guy that can kick your ass, and I love the spot right here. He's like trying to take the leg, already trying to take the leg, and he just whips him around him. with it too. <laughs> it's just like, just he like lifts him up with
0: one fucking arm, dude. It's incredible. It's like, uh, yeah, I do like what it, they do like with in 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 here too. Like they, they tease the chop a lot early on and I like that they tease it.
1: Oh yeah. Cause it becomes, it has become such a focal point of, uh, of Gunther's uh, arsenal. And like, it's just people kind of wait for that spot. Cause he just makes it sound so damn loud. Oh man.
0: He, he just chops just, the shit out of people, man.
1: Limb manipulation. Damn it. Lim manipulation. Lim. We need t-shirts. We need oh. t-shirts.
0: So, really quick, too, Travis, Uh, watching the promos leading up to this match, which I plan on posting some of those to TikTok, uh, you can tell Triple H is doing his damnedest to make the mid-card titles feel huge around this time.
1: Yeah. And he's also doing a good job at, like, rehabilitating. Here we we go. Some Ricochet stuff. But rehabilitating Ricochet because Vince McMahon had kind of stopped, started him, stopped, started him. Like, it was he was not a focal point. And you could definitely tell the guys that Triple H took a liking to in in NXT, bringing those guys along, and Ricochet was one of them.
0: Man, and it's hard to argue. Triple H has a fucking eye for the for talent, man, and he is uh, just—he is just—I don't know, man. I think I think the big thing with Triple H is between him and Vince. Triple H was a wrestler first, not like the business mm-hmm. man. So he understands where a lot of these guys are coming from, <clears throat> which is crazy to think of because, you know, one of the big reasons CM Punk left before was because of Triple H. He felt like, you know, he had such backstage stroke that he was unfair to the boys. But in recent years, it's kind of been the opposite.
1: Oh, here it comes. Oh, I love this spot. Oh. miss the boot, Kip up. Insecurity. Just... Ricochet is just so fucking smooth, man. Can't deny he is, not.
0: and I think they did it. It's one of those things where they he got brought up. It was a new shiny toy, and then all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, I don't know what to do with him now. And it's then you you get this. It's just like you you have to like pick up the pieces to make the guy
1: just get him back on the level he was at. Yeah. Him he had a lot of a lot of uh steam coming out of NXT and then he just kinda lost it, especially when he quickly lost oh. the US title and then they quickly moved him to that feud with the Street Profits and stuff. It just wasn't what it should have been. Oh. Not Street Profits hurt business, yeah. damn
0: it. I agree with that as well. Uh there you go. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh I gotta I I gotta talk to uh I hate this fucking title belt. This is the ugliest incarnation of the title belt to me.
1: Yeah, I'm always going to be a guy that likes the original Intercontinental title. The Well, not the original, but the one we grew up on in the 90s. That's the Intercontinental title I like. That's the Intercontinental title I love. And no Intercontinental title they've ever done has compared to that one.
0: No, not at all. So much so they brought the fucking design back.
1: Yeah, and then killed it with this one.
0: Uh, this title. I don't know what it is. It just it's it's bland. There's nothing to it. And almost though for for Gunther's character, it works. Um I like the way he holds it, but I just am not a fan of it. It's like one of the ugliest and laziest looking title belts.
1: It's almost like it was an alternate design for the Cruiserweight title. It's kind of got that same look and feel to it that that belt had.
0: Yeah, I could agree with that. Uh, that that's what it kind of reminds me of as well. Um, I know we're not really talking a whole lot about the match here, but, man, they're they they are are uh, they're, they're being a little stiff here. And, oh, Brett spot right there, right in the corner uh, sternum spot. Oh, and he just kicks the shit
1: out of him. Jesus Christ. Everything that Gunther does, like, matters. Like, I mean, it means something. Like, he knocks the guy down. He immediately stomps him, kicks him, like, there's no wasted movement like I think That's why I like the best most about Gunther is everything he does is, is like is going to damaging the person or their body part. Like he goes for this Boston Crab. He's been working over the legs since the first 30 seconds of the match. So it's just everything means a little something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I will say something I like too. they, they kind of mentioned on commentary as well. Um, but Ricochet tries to work a more technical style early, and kind of he's more grounded. He's not doing a whole lot of high flying. He's kicking him in the fucking face right now. But even Cole says he's going to have to use his high flying skills to get the advantage.
1: He was slapping him harder in the face than Scott slaps his meat.
0: Heard that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fuck you, Scott. He's
0: kicking. He's kicking and chopping the shit out of Gunther right now.
1: Also, shout out to Barrett and Cole on commentary. I really like them as a commentary team. I I've always been a big fan of Wade Barrett. I'm so glad they brought him back. Him coming back as commentary was is, is fucking good. I really like him.
0: And he fought to put that Boston oh. crab right back on. Uh, I will say there is a line that Cole says, and he says Ricochet is quick as a puma, and I caught the reference. That's what I my saw your puma. name. That's my name. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I just love. I heard those that little, little I like, he would have never said Puma if he wasn't Prince Puma. <laughs> that's that's all the reason he said no. Puma.
0: And I like this too because Gunther knows that really the only thing Ricochet can do is is try to pull some high flying antics out, and he's been trying to keep him grounded the entire fight. Um, and this is one of those instances when I watched this back, Travis. It reminded me of last week's episode where the crowd was kind of like dead and then it, it it crescendos perfectly
1: towards the end. Like it's perfect. Yeah. They build and build and build, get the crowd invested, which I got to admit for the last probably year and a half, man, WWE crowds have been fucking good for the majority of shows. Like every once in a while, you'll get a raw crowd that sucks, but there's a lot of people here that just really want to watch wrestling. Oh God, there it is. Slapped him right oh, in the chest.
0: Cinches, cinches him right up with a rear naked choke. And he's like, ah, it's over. It's gonna fucking end. Uh, I gotta talk about this really quick, Travis, because the infamous thing that happened was Vince McMahon almost derailed this man's fucking career. He almost derailed Gunther's career. Um, so he won the title in June. And I'm gonna talk about the story I read. Um the title reign was almost cut short, but not due to injury, but because of Vince McMahon. WrestleVotes.com claimed Vince McMahon planned on not only burying Gunther but sending him back to NXT as he was bored on he was bored with his new main roster toy and unable to see the appeal. It stems from a match with R Truth from July 4th. However, he was extremely lucky. As Vince would soon be out of power due to all of the lawsuit and sexual uh, sexual allegations.
1: Yeah, and that's that's, I, I guess it's a break of Gunther's, uh, you know, on Gunther's part because man, if he'd have derailed it because of a match with Our Truth, which don't get me wrong, I love Our Truth, he's he's a great entertainer, not the best worker, but yeah, just because of one match, he was going to derail him, man, fuck that. I mean, Vince is too quick to has always been too quick to shit on somebody because of one little thing. And
0: and I I did read up on um, or catch some shoot interviews, kind of just some interview, not even necessarily shoot interviews, just interviews. And I think it was Chris Van Flea or whatever the hell his name is. I think it's who it was. But he was talking to Gunther and he was talking about the weight loss and stuff. And he said that, he's always been really good about handling his like stamina and handling his, you know, even just working out. But the thing he always had a hard time on was eating properly. And he said, all it took for him was to just eat properly. And that's how he was able to lean down so much because he was already working out anyway, but he was able to get a kind of like a proper eating regime together. And that's what we got in return, which is incredible.
1: Look at those welts and stuff on his back. Guthrie's just manhandling them, man. It, it just, this is what you want your heels to do and look like when they're in there.
0: Oh, kicks him right in the fucking back of the head, too. Oh, and a chop. And they start lighting each other up, man. He's going back and forth with these chops and these forearms. Beautiful, Insiguri. Look, and the crowd's getting into it now, man. Oh,
1: just smooth. Just smooth, man. Smooth.
0: He's that's where he starts punching the shit out of him. He shoves him off. Beautiful drop kick.
1: Starting to fire
0: up. And he's trying to go for a suplex here, and he just can't quite get him yet. Gunther's like, ah, oh, boom! Front suplex. Beautiful oh. drop kick, and the way he sold that, was so fucking great. He's <laughs> gonna go for the power bomb. Ricochet selling is just uh, great on Boom. Point. oh yeah he's a little guy man and but he's i mean he's jacked as
1: can be but his w- <laughs> you say that and they said that on uh what was it on when they announced to be weighed at 209 and then friggin cold during commentary says he weighs 188 he gave his actual weight i was like he did i was like fuck oh <laughs> kayfabe brother kayfabe <laughs> you know the wild thing is if the if they really
0: did take the cruise division seriously he would have been the face of the cruise division
1: oh yeah like He could he could still be if they wanted to do one, but I think they've got to the point now that it's it's hard to do a cruiserweight division when everyone's doing the moves that the cruiserweights are doing. Yeah, it's but true. Kinda, it's... It kind of comes hard to do it. Oh, my God. Here we go. He's going to go up. Thing of beauty.
0: Beautiful Asai moonsault to the outside. Gunther's just about <laughs> had
1: it. Good camera work, too before they go to the commercial.
0: The presentation can, that's ugly belt. The presentation (laughs) though of WWE, it it cannot be touched. Look at at this arena, man. It is packed.
1: The way it's lit, everything just looks good. There's no empty seats on the hard cam side. Fuck you, Eric. Um, It's just, just looks really good. You've been doing it this long. You've got to know what you're doing. I mean, crowds into it.
0: Ricochet's going to go to the top rope, and he's going to get cut off here by Gunther. Travis, cagematch.net users, what do you think they rated this match out of 10? I'm going to go 8.5. Not too bad. Not too. You're very close. 8.9 out of 10. Beautiful reversal by Ricochet landing on his feet. This is when the crowd starts to perk up a little bit more, too. Like,
1: Damn, oh, 8.9. I, I knew that people loved Ricochet and Gunther, but I didn't know it was going to be yeah, I might might as well be just a, a 10. I mean, Meltzer Ooh. gave it a 4.75, 4. and you know that's pretty much a 5.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck that lariat. God damn it. I thought it was been over been the there. it could have been the finish. Jesus Christ. Uh, man, let's get through this real quick. That was a fucking beautiful light in the crowd. Still getting into it. Many say this was the best TV match of 2022, and it reminded them of the black and gold era NXT. 100% agree. I mean, yep. of course, both guys were a part of it, but. I mean, I completely agree with what they're saying here.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, and it's definitely a, a reflection on who the Booker is at the time too.
0: Oh, beautiful reversal to Gunther's big splash was Ricshia getting the boots up, and he's hulking up for you, brother, brother. Oh, and this is when they start going at it. He's going to finally hit the suplex here, Travis. While he's hitting with the suplex, Linae's mounting mark of the week: Frank Shooter. He—that's <laughs> his name, Frank Shooter. He wrote seven out of ten. Was this match good? Hell yes. But what does this match have for this to be an 8.9 here and four and three quarter stars from Meltzer? There was practically no storytelling. Hold on. He's going to hit this beautiful shooting star. Beautiful shooting star press. There was practically no storytelling, no big match feel, predictable result, and neither Gunther or Ricochet wrestled at their full potential. The only thing that was near of a match of that caliber was the ending with Ricochet. Having to try some strong style to take Gunther out, and him chopping his ass down while he was flying to end with the Emerald Flosion. It was a so, it was a great title match for a TV show, but nowhere near the ratings it has. One of the most overrated matches I have
1: ever seen. You gave it a seven out of ten, you dumb fuck. That's pretty fucking high, man. Like, oh, look at these dude. No story. This is the guy that beat. Ricochet for the title. It's been a summer long story, and him trying to get back to Gunther. There's a fucking story there. The story of the knee. I mean, I'm gonna be sick, but I get fired up here. I mean, he told the story <laughs> of the fucking knee the whole match. He works it from the beginning, trying to ground him. I mean, he's trying to chop the big down, big man down right now. Like, what? Well, I don't know what the fuck. How do you give it a seven point five or seven? And you don't consider this a it's a good match, but it's not worthy of the ratings it gets. Fuck you, dude. Like. You're just picking at it to pick at it. Don't give it a seven. Chop, chopped his ass down. Don't give it a seven.
0: This could have been the finish, too. Powerbomb one, two.
1: Ricochet kicks out again. Look at the crowd, dude. Crowd is fucking hyped. I I don't agree with that guy, man. Like, how could you sit there? It's only a .9, uh, 1.9 higher than what you fucking gave it. So, you enjoyed the match. You're just being a nitpicker and a nitpick something, dude. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you, Frank Shooter.
0: God, and here we go.
1: There's the finish.
0: I, I never really noticed he, him using that finish either. Something
1: Symphony, what's it called? I know they put it over commentary. I cannot uh, remember the name of it. Yeah, he, start, he started using that, but he's going back to the powerbomb now, I think.
0: The powerbomb looks more... Dude, he could have fucking used that lariat. That lariat was fucking vicious in this match.
1: Good match, man. Fuck that guy. Fuck Frank Shooter. I'll shoot on you, Frank Shooter.
0: Something I, I commend Triple H for doing, Gunther has been your intercontinental champion all of this time, and I can not really say that he's used any outside interference whatsoever. God damn. Any outside interference whatsoever to win a match.
1: No, it's usually those guys go to the back. Um, He may use them in the lead up to actually defending the title, but they're never really involved with a match. I'm, I maybe. With Gable oh. and Otis that time, but no, not really ever.
0: Man, the, they they beat the shit out of each other. Huge fan of this match. It definitely it started off slow, but it fucking crescendoed perfectly. I really, really enjoyed this match. You got Imperium standing in the ring here, and he's holding that god-awful-looking belt.
1: It suits him. The belt looks good on him, but I hate that belt. Well, here's the thing, man. Even in defeat, Ricochet doesn't look bad. He put on a fantastic effort. It wasn't a squash job. I mean, Gunther caught him with the chop and power his ass, and that's how he beat him. He just caught him, you know. It, it wasn't it wasn't a dominating thing. He gave he gave Ricochet shots just like he uh, Ricochet gave him. So it's very equal, and he sn- and got one out. And just that's the kind of way wrestling should be booked. If you want to keep stars strong. You don't have to win every match, but just make them look strong in the match.
0: I agree, and then we get Braun Strowman coming out here uh, to break up Imperium uh, attacking Ricochet after the match, which uh, kind of leads on right into Travis uh, our aftermath. But before we talk about the aftermath here, uh, I want to ask you, what would you rate this match?
1: I mean, I'd give it a solid nine. I think it's I think it's a really well done match. I don't really see anything wrong with it, you know. Of anything, could there? Could it have been longer? Could they have done more? Yeah, it'd probably been on a pay per view. But I agree with the sentiment that's one of the best TV matches of 2022. I mean, I don't see anything really wrong with it. But I think they could have added a little bit more to it if it had been on a pay per view, um, and because you don't have those commercial breaks and you miss those spots of the match. But um, I give it a solid nine. I think, it's, I think it's really good. I think it's one of Ricochet's best matches probably in WWE. And it, it uh, situates the positives of him as the guy fighting from underneath and also trying to chop the big man down. And it shows the technical prowess and limb manipulation of uh, Gunther and trying to ground uh, uh, Ricochet. So, I mean, I thoroughly enjoy the match. I hadn't watched it since it was on TV uh, until we watched it this week. But it still holds up. It's still really good. Yeah,
0: I got to give it an eight and a half. I think if, like you said, if it was on pay per view, I feel like it would probably be kicked to just one higher gear. Um, but the way the match elevated from, you know, it, it reminded me of last week's match that we did with Punk and Cena. Like I talked about that, but it just crescendoed perfectly. Um, hard hitting. It, it took um, Ricochet getting out of his element, doing some strong style, some, some, you know, some chops, some, some, like almost like palm strikes to, ch- to try to get an upper, you know, upper hand to like the advantage. Um, and then he still couldn't take him down that fucking lariat though. It, it was, it was great, but easily an eight and a half for me. Um, I could easily say, you know, teetering on maybe a nine, but it, it, it is definitely worth the watch.
1: Just solid work from both guys too. Like there's nothing really, nothing botched. I mean, everything made sense. They didn't take any unnecessary things. Ricochet's known for high flying. He got a little bit of that in there, Um, but nothing over the top, nothing, you know, that would be like, why did he do that? Um, Everything made sense. Uh, Just a solid, solid match uh, for SmackDown and for both guys.
0: I agree with that. Travis, on to the aftermath. Ricochet and Braun Strowman would begin to team with one another around this time. Many believed it was due to Braun having a shitty attitude on Twitter
1: regarding high flyers. Probably so, but it actually works what out match to be a was it? Entertaining What entertaining tag team.
0: Do you remember what match it was? I can't remember.
1: I can't remember either, but he made some Instagram post about you got to be more than just a high flyer or something. And a lot of people gave him shit about it. And then the next thing you know, he's tagging with, it actually happened before this because he loses to Ricochet in that best in the world or that world cup tournament or whatever. And everybody was like, Oh shit, that's payback for being a dick. And then it turns into them being a tag team, which actually turns into a pretty entertaining tag team. Yep.
0: I enjoyed him. Uh, he just throws them right onto people. I like tag teams every once in a while when they're just kind of thrown together like that, but I thought it was kind of funny because he had a shitty attitude and like, okay, we're going to make you
1: lose to this motherfucker. Triple H like, fuck you, man. (laughs) They're out there busting their ass just as much as you are.
0: The thing is, Braun got released. And he was mm-hmm. talking like mad shit before he got released about people during the pandemic saying, oh, it's not, you know, if you can't make money, blah, blah, blah. It was like all these different things he kept saying. And then he got released and it was a whole different story. And then he comes back and you're like, dude, you're on like a second lease of life with this. And then still tweets stupid bullshit. Like, dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, move on.
1: And now he's got a broke back and everything else is trying to come back. So. Maybe he's learned his lesson. Like, I thought Braun Strowman was one of the biggest surprise releases when they released those people during COVID. So um, he had just been like a universal champion and all this other stuff, and they let him go. So it was a surprise to see him let go.
0: Well, I mean, him and Bray Wyatt were two of the bigger ones.
1: No. And then was it like the Good Brothers, too? They had just been involved with The Undertaker at WrestleMania and got let go. So that was it was wild. It was a wild time. Pandemic era was wild.
0: It's it's all a blur anymore, honestly. Uh, Gunther would go on to be number one in the Royal Rumble match and would last 71 minutes and 25 seconds, holding the record for longest time spent in a single Royal Rumble match. Impressive
1: fucking run. Oh, yeah, and he's definitely poised now for a future world heavyweight title run. I see it. I mean, everybody sees it. It's coming. It's just who's going to beat him for that intercontinental title?
0: Oh, man, it's a tough. We'll talk about it here in a second. Uh, during that same Royal Rumble match, Ricochet and Logan Paul would have a huge high-flying spot together. It's kind of the viral moment of the match. Gunther would hold the title through WrestleMania, where he defeated Sheamus and Drew McIntyre in a banger of a match that is also on our list at WrestleMania. Ricochet would team with Braun Strowman until he would get injured and would roll on through 2023 feuding with Logan Paul. As of this recording today on Tuesday, Uh, Which is the 12th of December. Gunther has been Intercontinental Champion for 550 days. Incredible run. He's just a honky tonk man. He's definitely beat that record. So I also (laughs) saw this. I also saw this too. So um, there are three people now who's had the most combined days as champion. Gunther is third. Do you know
1: who the other two are? Probably Bruno and. No, no, oh, no, no. You?
0: No, Intercontinental. Intercontinental, like Intercontinental title,
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Um, Savage and maybe Buck. Uh, I don't know. I really don't. Number
0: two is The Miz. Oh,
1: but well, The Miz has had like, n- like
0: nine run, like eight or nine reigns. Uh, Pedro Morales is the number one, and I believe it's like 617 days combined as Intercontinental Champion.
1: Yeah, and that's the late 70s, early 80s, so they were long, long reigns between losing the belt. I thought Savage might have been in there, but I forgot all the way about that. The Miz had lengthy runs there because he was the only thing that was holding the Intercontinental title up, And uh, as we covered on our Ziggler-Miz episode around that time. Mm -hmm.
0: There is talk as well right now. You're talking about who you know who the thrones them. There is talk of Brock versus uh, Gunther at this year's WrestleMania.
1: And Brock could win the Intercontinental title. He's never won it. But then who do who beats Brock for the Intercontinental title? But you got to have somebody big or somebody that's going to become a star. Beat him if he's going to. They're going to take down the reign of Gunther. Here's
0: here's the thing. Uh, I kind of have an idea, almost a theory, what they do. Um, whoever beats Gunther, it's going to be in like a, I can almost see it being like a ladder match and Gunther losing the title, not being pinned, but he loses it that way. But whoever walks out of WrestleMania between Seth Rollins and CM Punk, which I'm assuming is the route we're going to go. Um, that person is going to end up in a feud with Gunther for the world heavyweight title.
1: I could see that. That or I could always see Gunther relinquishing the belt and being like, Hey, I'm going for the world title now. If that's the way they wanted to do it, but I would love somebody to get the rub of beating him for it. Gable I, I was I was all in on Gable beating him there for a little while, but they've kind of cooled Gable off now.
0: Travis, that's all I have for this week. Uh, like I said, this is, you know, almost a year to the day, which is ironic. Um, thanks to the will of names. So, Travis, let's go to the will of names. Guys, if you're new to the podcast, uh, this is how we decide which match we're going to cover next week. Uh, myself, Travis, and our couple of our buddies uh, have compiled this list, our rec- wrestling recommendations, uh, that span back from 1978 to 2023, matches that we think are pretty good uh they span from you know wwf wcw wwe tna nwa ring of honor new japan pro wrestling ngw the show i'm involved with it just has a good bunch of mixture of matches ecw as well i just almost forgot that one as well fuck you and so what we Oh, so what we do is we take this list of our matches, our wrestling recommendations, and we throw them into the will of names, uh, the will of destiny, of what we call it. Um, we shuffle it and we spin it. Whatever it lands on, that's the match we cover the next week. So, Travis,
1: what do you think we get this week? I say we're going to get a Starcade match this week. Ooh, it's the month of Starcade, later WCW. Starcades was always in December, so I'm going with Starcade.
0: I've been doing this for a long time now. I'm not going to, I want Savage and DDP so bad, uh, but I also want an ECW match just because we've not had a whole lot of ECW on the podcast. So I'm going to say ECW again.
1: I hope it's WWE, WWE, ECW. Coke's on you.
0: There's none on here. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Oh, you facetious fuck. Um, alliteration. Uh, so, guys, we're going to go ahead and spin it. And, Travis, you ready for this?
1: Let's do it.
0: Three, two, one. And it's spinning, Travis. 319 matches on this list right now.
1: We probably got some more to add. I was going to add uh, Flair versus Hogan. Uh, Yapa pie strap match from Uncensored 2000. But then I woke up from my fever dream.
0: Oh, so this is a relatively new match we've added to the list.
1: Okay. Well,
0: yeah. But I'm really excited about this, Travis, because it features somebody that we've already had the podcast and to me, quite possibly, one of the best wrestlers in the world right now.
1: Um, Best wrestlers in the world right now.
2: I'm
1: going to be off my game this week, is it? Is it Seth Rollins involved in it or no? Nope. Nope. I'm all, I'm off by game. I'm sick. Go ahead. and Hit me with it.
0: It is a kid versus Will Ospreay from white wolf wrestling. This is March 30th, 2019. So we discovered this match when we were doing our axiom and Nathan Fraser match, but it's going to be the first time that will Ospreay is featured on the podcast.
1: It's looking forward to talking about that, man. Cause, uh, he is definitely one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. He's also has really submitting a legacy as just like he could do it all from high flying to technical wrestling to whatever you need to, you need him to do. So I've never seen this match. So I'm actually looking forward to watching it.
0: I'm also excited for this. I've never seen it either. Uh, I did. It popped up on um, my list. Um, of just some matches that had some really good quality to it and i like the fact that it's a promotion that we've never talked about so we can get to talk about that promotion as well
1: and you said it was on youtube correct this match? it is i know
0: we, we can find it on there um maybe we'll even be able to find it um somewhere on travis's uh dark
1: web of wrestling so i'll talk about it had to give up a kidney for that <laughs> yeah
0: man i'm really excited for this uh just kind of talking about this um i like the indie style of this just because i you know with ngw i love indie wrestling and um to me will osprey legitimately one of the best wrestlers in the world
1: complete package when it comes to a wrestler hell yeah we've got quite a few osprey matches on here i know there's one with him and riddle from uh the wwe and super show for back in the day when Uh, Gabe was helping run that. I know one of Eddie's favorite promoters.
0: Fuck you, Gabe Sapolsky. Piece of shit. (laughs) (sighs) But yeah, I'm really excited. Travis, get to dive on deep. We have already talked about a kids, so this episode will be prominently featuring Will Ospreay and introducing Will Ospreay to the podcast. So I'm really excited for it.
1: Fuck yeah. Scott, get your fucking panties wet. Get ready. It's him
0: spitting
1: his hand, ready to jerk him <laughs> off. But Travis, what you got for me, man? Uh, not much, man. We'll keep it short and sweet this week. Uh, just over there on the eBay at uh, TGL The Man Twelve. Uh, uh, shout out to the guys at Bleeding John. Uh, he's in the Continental Classic, so he's bound to bleed. Apparently, you know it's coming. We're recording, recording on a Tuesday, so we won't know what happens until tomorrow night. But uh, shout out to those guys doing the Lord's work over there. Good brothers. Um. Uh, shout out to the guys rest the Wrestling purists. We've both been on their podcast recently. Supposed to be on their next week coverage Starcade ninety-six, which is kind of why I was hoping we'd get a Starcade match, because I just watched that pay-per-view this week. Um and uh shout out to Brandon Adeline from Canada and fucking fat Tony over there. I hate putting that fat piece of shit over, but I'll put him over right now. Um good they're doing uh gangbusters over there on the charts for Rats for the Black Lodge. And, uh, you know, check out the magazine. We have an article in. Uh, all You can go to uh, Rance Black Lodge or JuicyKruger.com and get a copy of that, Benefits Charity. And uh, look out for the uh, issue number two coming. We have a write-up of Halloween Havoc, uh, the best five matches in there. We get to talk about Savage and, and uh, DDP if we haven't watched the match yet, but it's on there. And uh, that's about it for me, man. Uh, just uh, hopefully I'll be over this cold by the next go-round.
0: Yeah, buddy. I am balls deep right now in kids sports. You were there this past uh, weekend to see Kalen's team win another one.
1: Uh, Yeah, I watched that one girl lumber around like Matt Foley from the SNL skit. (laughs) (laughs) I I hope that parent doesn't listen to this podcast. God
0: damn, Travis, you broke me hard. (laughs) All right, we got we have some context really quick. This fucking kid. Okay, so uh, we played a team. Um, we, our, our my daughter's team won. Um, ten to ten to eight. It was a defensive game. They just there was just defense the entire game. I think we only allowed three shots in the first half. Like it was it was impressive, honestly, to think about when they only allowed like three shots. I think they only made one. Um, but they had a bigger girl that was on that team team and dude she was plowing through kids our buddy skip's daughter also plays on the team and dude she ate a charge and they did not call the foul on it for the charge they called it a defensive foul and we were like what the fuck uh travis like elbow in the fucking face I'm like travis <laughs> shut up Her parents like their parents are in front of us stop That's it fucker <laughs> Oh man, but uh, yeah, it's fun getting Travis to the kids' games. It's pretty funny. But uh, guys, uh, follow us on. That's <laughs> just funny thinking about this kid. <laughs> follow us on uh, Facebook and TikTok at Wrestling Recommendations. If you want to do our or be involved and watch our watch alongs, where we actually watch along the match with our commentary, uh, those are always available Saturdays on our Facebook page. Um, follow us on X or Twitter at Wrestling R E C O M M. And guys, um, till next week, we get to see Will Ospreay and A Kid in action from uh, WXW. I am Eddie, and this is Sick Travis, and we will talk to you then.